resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Weakness raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God. Never stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live in glory. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never stand no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal Oh, hallelujah, morning when the last trump of God shall sound. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh yes, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with reading, no understand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. Hey, I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just want to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see, in Him alone, I find peace, joy, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way, help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my heart. Amen, folks. But before we get to that study, we got a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Well, get this. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has fired an education advisor from the city's panel for education policy after the New York Daily News reported on some of her past writings on gender and sexuality. Now, my friends, those things that are posted on social networking, it can always find it. 
Her name was Reverend Kathleen Barrett Lane. She leads Staten Island's Reach Out and Touch Ministries, was initially one of the nine appointees to New York City's Panel for Education Policy, which replaced the Board of Education in 2002 as part of overseeing the city's public schools. After Adams announced Barrett Lane's appointment to the PEP on March the 22nd, the New York Daily News published an article highlighting past writings by Barrett Lane on biblical sexuality, and within hours of Adams' public announcement of the appointment, she was asked to resign. The New York Daily News cited Barrett Lane's 2013 book, Challenging Your Disappointments, as evidence for her anti-gay agenda in the book, she listed homosexuality among other sins, including fornication, adultery, pedophilia, stealing, lying, envy, and covetousness. Also in the same book, Barrett Lane argues that incarcerated young people live in the grip of fornicating homosexual lifestyles with the risk of being infected with the AIDS virus and other sexually transmitted diseases. In the book she wrote called When Your Mess Becomes the Message, which was also cited by the Daily News, in that particular book she addressed a personal situation regarding her then three-year-old daughter. At that time, after hearing her mother give counsel to a lesbian, the minister's daughter declared that she was a boy. Barrett Lane explained that she and her husband began to militantly and violently pray for, with, and over our daughter and prayed against every spirit that was not of God, including the spirit of homosexuality. Gender confusion was one of the most frightening experiences I had with my little child. Based on publishing of that article, Adams removed Barrett Lane from consideration from the post at PEP. She feels that she was bullied. I believe that the city is being bullied. I feel as though my character, my name, my church have been defamed with lies and that everything was taken out of context. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins warned, What does this say to Christian moms and dads in the area who have kids in public school? Simple. Their views will not be tolerated. There you go, folks. There you go. New York City Mayor fires Christian education advisor over her biblical views on gender and sexuality. Mmm. Mm -mm -mm. Well, on that same front, here's this. Finnish parliamentarian has been cleared on all charges after being accused of, you got it folks, of hate speech for expressing her biblical beliefs on marriage and sexuality. Alliance Defending Freedom International represented Finnish MP Pavi Resinen and announced that in a unanimous ruling, a Finnish court concluded 
that it is not for the district court to interpret biblical concepts. We're so grateful the court recognized the threat to free speech and ruled in our favor. I feel a weight has been lifted off my shoulders after being acquitted. I am so grateful for having had this chance to stand up for the freedom of speech. Resident, a former minister of the interior, was accused of spreading hate speech after she publicly shared her stance on biblical marriage and sexual ethics. The accusations were based on a 2004 pamphlet in which she breaks down biblical sexuality and a 2019 tweet in which she criticized the leadership of the Finnish Lutheran Church for supporting Pride Month and comments she made on homosexuality during a radio debate in 2019. If convicted, she would have faced two years in prison. Paul Coleman, executive director of ADF International, said this is the foundation of every free and democratic society, criminalizing speech, through so-called hate speech laws, shuts down important public debates and poses a grave threat to our democracies. It could open the door for persecution of other devout Christians, Muslims, Jews, and other faiths publicly stating their religious beliefs. Mm-mm-mm, folks, Finnish MP is acquitted of hate speech charges over biblical views on marriage and sexuality. Mmm, folks, my oh my. Well, on that front again, we got some more news. A Michigan high school student who was allegedly suspended for calling homosexuality a sin and for failing to report his classmates' inappropriate jokes filed a federal lawsuit last week claiming the school's action violated his constitutional rights. David Stout, a junior at Plainwell High School in Plainwell, Michigan, was suspended for three days last fall for allegedly violating the school's bullying, cyberbullying, harassment policy. Stout, though, says he was only humbly stating his Christian beliefs and that the conversation was private. He is a member of the football team and Ban. The controversy began in April 2021 when Stout was involved in an off-campus text conversation with a friend who asked him his thoughts about a classmate being gay. That's right, folks. Here you got a case where a young high school guy was just texting away from school, having a conversation with somebody who asked him a private question about a classmate being gay. The plaintiff stated that the Bible teaches that homosexual conduct is a sin and in the Christian context that God created only two biological genders, man and woman. The plaintiff stated that while homosexual conduct is a sin, however, everyone is a sinner due to free will choices, that he would pray for them to repent and follow Christ, Jesus. He also shared that he would extend his love toward them because God commands it. Jesus died on the cross for them, extends his love toward them, and all they have to do is accept it. Stout's friend was offended by his beliefs and ended the conversation. Stout is asking the court to declare the school's actions unconstitutional 
in order for the school to clear his record, he is represented in the court by his parents. Stout's father, David Stout, defended his son. We have always taught our son to be respectful for everyone's opinion and be polite to others as he was here. However, tolerance is a two-way street. David is entitled to properly express his faith and beliefs without being disciplined and suspended by plain well schools. We trust the court will uphold David's constitutional rights and his school record will be cleared. Mm. More troubling news indeed, folks. Woo. We need to get down on our knees and pray that we can stand and stand firm on the truth and on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now this day in church history. On this day in 307 A.D., Theodosia of Tyre, having commended Christians who are in chains for their faith in the marketplace, is seized and tortured. When she refuses to recant from her faith, she is thrown into the sea. On this day in 1234 A.D., Edmund of Abingdon is consecrated Archbishop of Canterbury, his years will be spent wrestling with corrupt King Henry III, who refuses to allow him to fill church vacancies, pocketing the money from them instead. In 1739, at Kingswood, England, Wesley first preaches in the open air to minors, a decisive step that frees him from dependence upon the favor of the Church of England clergy for access to pulpits, but by which also requires him to swallow his pride. In 1767, a sealed letter from Charles III of Spain is opened by authorities throughout Spain, and the next morning every Jesuit in the realm is arrested, placed aboard ship, and expelled from the country. And finally on this day in 1894, death in Sunderland, England, of William D. Longstaff, the author of the hymn, Take Time to Be Holy. That's a good one, folks. Take time to be holy. There you go, folks. And that's this day in church history. And now we have a little bit of fun, folks. And name that Bible character. Here is your clue. Here is your clue. I am why Adam said of Eve, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. What reason am I? Here's your clue one more time. I am why Adam said of Eve, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. 
what reason am I? We'll reveal the final answer to that tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Well, folks, get you a hot cup of coffee or a hot cup of tea or whatever you like to drink. Grab your Bible. Let's sit at the table and let's open up God's fantastic and powerful word. Today's study is called, I Love You With All My Heart. Many of you know, or maybe don't know, I'm originally from Rinkin, Georgia, a very small well, it used to be a small bedroom community of Savannah, Georgia, but now it's massively grown. And uh, boy, what a beautiful place. What a beautiful area. What a wonderful church. I, I miss everybody there. All my loved ones, all my friends, all my family. But there in Rinkin, I was raised in, uh, really by all my family and uh, my aunts and uncles. Surrounded by so many loving people and church family, I recall one special memory from my wonderful first cousin, Joan. Every night, she said, as she was tucking her son in bed, they would say their prayers and she would cap the moment off by saying, Son, I love you with all my heart. And this goes on for night after night and night after night. Until one night, as she was about to repeat the same loving expression, her son stops her in mid-sentence and then proudly exclaims and gestures with his arms, Mom, I love you with all my toys. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I love you with all my toys. Now, he, he may not have a concept of what she meant when she was saying, I love you with all my heart, but he certainly had a concept of what was given to him of his toys, his loving and thoughtful pronouncement, I think hits to the core of our relationship with Jesus Christ. So the question I pose to you, friend, is simply this. Do you love Jesus with all your heart? Do I love Jesus with all my heart, toys and all? I remember one time hearing the story of a man. He was so, so taken in by the gospel message that he came forward and wanted to be baptized. And so he was baptized, but he was baptized with all of his clothes on, with his billfold in his pocket. And so after he come out of the water and after he came into the auditorium where everybody was and they were greeting him and praising the Lord for being saved, they said, well, why did you leave your clothes on? Why did you leave your billful in your pocket? He said, well, I, he said, I, I, I just didn't want to give Jesus my heart and my soul and my body, but I wanted to give him all of my finances, all of my money. Isn't that awesome? My whole self, this man wanted to give. So really the question should be, is Jesus Lord of my life? Is Jesus Lord of your life, do you love Jesus with all your heart, toys and all? 
after Peter preaches this first fantastic, powerful gospel message and makes this statement in Acts 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Just think about that. Peter here says in the first gospel message that you have crucified Jesus Christ, who is both Lord and Messiah. Lord and Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the one that all of the prophecies pointed to. He is fulfilling that, has fulfilled it. And now He is Lord. He has all authority over all. So let's do a quick evaluation as to where we stand spiritually, where we stand in this question of is Jesus Lord of my life. Let's think about and let's take the first two laws of the Ten Commandments. Those, do you remember what they are? Well, the first two laws of the Ten Commandments, have no other gods before me and do not make carved images or idols and bow down to them and serve them. So ask yourself this question. Is God truly first in my life? Or is he second, third, down the chain of priority or importance? Is God truly first in my life? Well, what about idols? And you may think, well, surely this is something that I don't have a big problem with. But really, honestly, ask yourself this question. Have you created an image of God that fits your needs? that fits your whims, that excuses or justifies your way of thinking and decision-making? Have I created an image of God based on my own image? And here we need to be very truthful. If God isn't first in our life, then that violates the first commandment, doesn't it? And if I have created an image of God that suits my needs, then I have committed idolatry. And so we need to take notice. These first two commandments alone helps me, anyway, evaluate my relationship with Jesus as Lord over my life. You know, Paul would tell the Galatians that the law is a schoolmaster that leads us to Jesus Christ. And so all of our failures, all of the fact that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we need to be pushed to and we need to grab a hold of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is either Lord of our life or someone or something else is. Who we submit to matters, right, friend? Because who we submit to drives everything about us, our actions, our thoughts, our decisions, our conduct, our treatment of other people. 
It defines our world view. So what does the word Lord mean? Well, to be clear, Lord simply means exactly how it sounds. A leader, a ruler, a position of authority. Does Jesus qualify for this position? Does Jesus qualify as a leader or ruler over our lives? You bet, friend, he does. His crucifixion and resurrection qualifies him to be the one and true Lord. Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ, listen friend, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Amen, folks? So really, friend, the question shouldn't be, is Jesus Lord? Because he is most assuredly is Lord, whether we think so or not. But the question should be, do we acknowledge and submit to his lordship? Do we acknowledge Jesus as the rightful Lord and King over our life? Do we submit to his will? Do we commit to his will? Are we submitting to him in every way in our lives? In every way possible. Does Jesus have authority in all of my decision making? Am I king or is Jesus king? Am I Lord of my life or is Jesus Lord of my life? Do I accept the fact and allow Jesus and his words and his words alone to define my life? Do you love Jesus, friend, with your whole heart? Are you ready to do so and radically change your life? You must turn to Jesus. This is the final reading of our study for this broadcast. Romans chapter 10, 9 through 13. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. There is no difference between Jews and Gentiles. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen, folks. Who are you calling on? For salvation. Who is Lord of your life? If it's not Jesus. It is something else. Or someone else. You must call. On the name of the Lord. In order to be saved. And that's. Our study. For this broadcast.
And now, folks, we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. I am what Adam said of Eve. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. What reason am I? The answer is she was taken out of man. Genesis 2 verse 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. I am why Adam said of Eve, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. What reason am I? She was taken out of man. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become part of the greatest movement ever follow Jesus Christ by submitting your heart, by submitting your life, by submitting your calling on the name of Jesus is Lord over your life by submitting to him in baptism. You will be blessed beyond measure more than you ever could deserve. The peace that passes all understanding. My goal here was very simple. That was to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to tell you this. Thank you for joining me and walking along my side during my show. May God bless you. I am so happy now. You may be asking how. Nothing would keep me down because my heart is safe and sound. Oh, how my Lord was true, oh, my Lord was true. Even when life seemed, life seemed dark and no one could take from me, no one gift that set me free. Jesus has given, given me His wonderful grace, you see. Jesus died for me. So I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. Once I was lost in sin, no one would take me in. I was beyond repair, and oh, my life was in despair. Oh, how my Lord was true, my Lord was true. Even when life seemed, life seemed dark, and no one could take from me. No one changed the gift that set me free. Jesus has given me, given me His wonderful grace. Jesus died for me. So I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. Jesus has given, given me His wonderful grace. Jesus died for me. So I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. I am so happy now. You may be asking how. Nothing will keep me down because my heart is safe and sound. Oh, how my Lord is true. My Lord is true. When life seemed, life seemed dark and no one can take from me. No one takes from me.
Jesus Christ was the Son of God, oh Jesus Christ was the Son of God, oh Jesus Christ was the Son of God, He will set you free.